objections, they're always about these four things. So it's time, money, stall, or specific product. So people only object around these four things. And what we do with storytelling, within storytelling library, we build an objection collection for each of these four sort of uh, uh, verticals. And then for every objection, you already have a story in your library, which you can use, but not just any story, which story which has been created, rehearsed, and actually practiced for this particular objection. Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I've got Ed Bilat with us, and he's going to be talking about leveraging storytelling to close more sales. Um, Ed is a speaker and a trainer. He is the president of Beyond Consulting Canada, which is a global sales training and consulting company. And he's the author of Storytelling for Sales Playbook. Ed has helped organizations like Microsoft, HP, and Walmart improve their sales through storytelling. He's also the host of the Storytelling for Sales podcast. Um, Ed, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Great to be here. So to jump right into it, in your program, you talk about the STAR model for storytelling, S-T-A-R. Can you tell us more about that and how it works? Yeah, absolutely. So probably like you've been in sales for a long time yourself, right? And you know how it goes, especially if you are outside, you're running around and you're meeting with multiple customers, things are moving really, really fast, right? And then, oh, I got to come up with a story, right? And uh, so like we just came up with that little uh, acronym, something called STAR, which is, stands for Situation, Trouble, Action, and Results. So just four letters to help people create the stories on the go. Like uh, when I, I used to work for a call center and I was averaging between 90 to 120 phone calls. And by the call 30, as you probably imagine, I would have no idea whom I talked to before and what kind of story to tell. It was all, all, <laughs> all blur. Have you ever right? been going through a, uh, a phone list and yeah. you're, you're halfway through it or so and you're like, wait, who have I just called and who yeah, did I not yeah. call? CRMs have luckily taken care of that in general yeah. now, but I remember that happening back in there. I was like, did I just call this guy or this yeah. guy? Uh... Yeah. Did, 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 didn't I just talk to you before, like maybe 20 <laughs> minutes ago? <laughs> right. Like, so, so, so this is that little acronym. Um, so we, we use, so, so S stands for situation. So this is where you described. You know, okay, two months ago, we've been working with a company, they're about mid-size, like describing then trouble when something happened. Oh, they've been having issues with their revenue stream. They just fired their VP of sales. This is a trouble. Then A stands for actions. What did you do to actually help them? And R stands for results. So just a quick, easy way to memorize how to tell a story and just make sure that those four uh, sort of elements uh, inside the story, star. Outstanding. And, and how can salespeople leverage storytelling to close more sales? Oh, yeah. Well, that's a question probably for four hours at least <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to respond. Um, yes. Yeah, so as you probably uh, 
No, like I think Mayor Angela said this, right? That people will forget what you said, they will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel, right? And this is the whole premise for storytelling, why it's becoming so important, especially nowadays. Um, that, uh, you know, if you're just gonna give somebody cold facts, uh, research shows that people only, it's, it's only gonna activate two parts of the brain and the people are not gonna remember more than five to seven facts at the most. And within an hour, they will forget them. However, if you tell a good story, good, relatable, engaging story, people will remember it for days. So in fact, um, so there's a release of hormones, something called dopamine, which will make the story 23 times more rememberable than uh, just cold facts. So, and which is, which is extremely important for us salespeople because you want to be rememberable, right? So like you want to people remember your story and differentiate yourself from competition. Um, plus, also, storytelling is uh, very, um, very important in the overall influencing process, right? And the process is pretty simple. So, first of all, you got to get to the mindset of the person whom you're talking to. And you got to ask a lot of questions because before you tell your story, you need to understand who is in front of you and what kind of story to tell. Then you tell your story. And then I don't care how good storyteller you are, you're going to run into objections, then you will deal with objections and then there's a negotiation and then closing. So as you can see, so storytelling is right in the middle of that process of influencing and it's extremely, extremely important. And we will get into more details during the, uh, our conversation, but I just want to say this is probably without story, nothing is going to happen. So hook, story and offer. Uh, they got to be um, in every stage of the sales cycle, whether it's a cold call, whether it's a discovery call, negotiation call, closing call. So all, all these elements include storytelling. And I'd be happy to explain why it's so important. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that's really cool. In your training program, you mention using storytelling to overcome objections. Um, mm -hmm. I'd like to dig a little deeper there. Can you explain this more? Yeah, of course. So uh, objections are probably is the most difficult part for a lot of sales folks, especially in the outside sales. And, you know, you're doing well with your presentation, everything is going well, and then boom, all of a sudden objection comes. Um, like I used to, uh, I like the, my, the quote of my favorite philosopher of our current time, uh, which is uh, come from Mike Tyson. He actually said this, that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so this is exactly how it feels on the sales call, right? All of a sudden, objection comes. And so what do you do? A lot of salespeople, you just froze. Like, how do you deal with this? So storytelling is actually helping you to deal with this in a non-combative way. So like I use, a, you know, I have a background in martial arts. So, and I used to do judo, which is a very competitive, like strong, like uh, with a lot of impact. And then I switched to Aikido, which is based on using the energy of your opponent. And I was shocked because you could get the same results doing so much less work. And especially our sensei, who was 75 at the time, he was saying like, you don't understand. So the bigger and stronger, stronger your opponent, the less work you have to do because they're already giving you all the energy. All you need to do is just to take it and redirect it where you want it. And this is sort of how storytelling comes into play. Instead of 
fighting the objection. Like, what do you mean you don't have a budget? What do you mean you're not a decision maker? I've been, you know, wasting three months of my time talking to you and you're nobody, right? So like, this is a fight. We don't want them. We're moving into storytelling, which actually allows you to do the Aikido way. So LS, you know, more gentle way of using the energy of your opponents. So if it, if it makes sense. Because, um, like, you know, objections, they always about these four things. So it's time, money, stall, or specific product. So people only object around these four things. And what we do with storytelling, within storytelling library, we build an objection collection for each of these four sort of uh, uh, verticals. And then for every objection, you already have a story in your library, which you can use, but not just any story, which story which has been created, rehearsed, and actually practiced for this particular objection. So this is the connection. Does it make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Um, tell me why, why else is this important other than for objections? Why else is storytelling so important for salespeople? Mm -hmm. Well, natural, natural question, Stephen, here is, uh, and probably the main question, am I making it easy for my customer to say yes? Because this is all we're trying to accomplish. And storytelling comes with, with many wonderful things, but I, I don't want to uh, bother your listeners with scientific facts. Again, I can speak for a week about this, but probably four things which, why you should care about storytelling. There's a four really interesting things happen when you tell a good story. So first one is something called neurocoupling. And actually the research has been done. If you're telling a good engaging story that both brains of the storyteller and the listener, they start operating on the same frequency. It's kind of like the same radio channel, if you will. So very important. Then there's a mirroring effect that if you tell a good story, the other person, they actually feel like that story is actually happening to them. And that creates empathy, right? Which is very important in the sales process. Then third, there's a re release of dopamine, the memory hormone, which I mentioned. And it's also happiness. The people, people like to hear good engaging stories. They laugh, they resonate with it. And the last one, which is probably the most important, um, is, uh, is it's call to action. So if you tell a good engaging story, there's a cortex activity, we wanna do something. And for us, for business people, it's probably the most important thing. So this is like, if there's a good story, okay, if that worked for that guy, maybe I should do the same thing, right? So that there's a, there's a call to action and there's a, like a very strong cortex activity. So these are four very solid reasons why we should care about storytelling as a tool in the sales process. Okay. You know, it's funny what you're talking. I was thinking about uh, the, the judo and, and, and your, the Aikido concept. Um, mm -hmm. I, I have a, a, a training video on YouTube that I did a couple years back called Sales Judo. And, ah, uh, okay. I, I'm, and I'm thinking maybe I should go back and rename that Sales Aikido. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which, which, is the next, which is the next step. So Aikido is a Japanese word which translates as moving as one, right? So then you take the energy of your opponent and instead of fighting it, you move with this. Okay, I think you're pushing me this way. Okay, great. I'll go that way or that way. So you remain fluid. So this is sort of, um, you know, like your willow tree. 
Mm -hmm. uh, instead of being a, an oak, you could be a willow tree, flexible enough and mollable enough to, to actually move with your opponent, but in that case, your customer. Customer is not your opponent, so you're moving together. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, well, I, I was a wrestler in high school, so that, that's definitely not what we were taught, but I definitely get the concept and how, how mm -hmm. valid it is here um, in sales. Yeah. Um, the, uh, how did you become so focused in storytelling? How, how, um, how, has this, how, how, how did you zoom in so deeply there? Well, that actually happened uh, like by accident, right? So about 18 years ago, um, like on the way to work, my poor old Honda died. Um, so I managed to push it to the side of the road to a Tim Hortons parking lot. Um, and Tim Hortons in Canada, he is just like McDonald's in the States. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. <laughs> and uh, while I'm waiting for my friend mechanic to come over, I'm, I'm, I was making cold calls and they're truly cold calls because this is Canada. Uh, it's 10 below and it's December 19th. Um, I, I guess I could go inside, but I don't because I don't want my prospects to hear the background noise. And the other reason I don't go inside because I'm extremely stressed. It's my first job in Canada. We just moved here. Um, it took me nine months to get this job and this is my third month of probation. So, and and uh, honestly, December 19th, I have zero on the board. So I'm about to get fired. And I have to tell my wife that, you know, everything we worked for, you know, will be gone. So this is my situation. So, in, in, but I mean, whom are you going to sell in Ottawa, Canada on December 19th? So this is a general manager of the hotel. His name is David Smythe. I've been trying to reach him for weeks and then just keep calling and calling the same guy. And finally he picks up the phone and then he gives me every possible objection. Like, where did you get my cell number? Like, there's no way we're switching our providers. I don't care about your company. You're all the greedy telcos anyway, and your phones don't work by my cottage. And I'm sitting there like, ah, perfect storm, right? And then all of a sudden he says, listen, in addition to calling me seven times this morning, which is very annoying, by the way, and unprofessional, you send me about hmm, 10 emails this weekend, I see in your signature that you have a degree from the University of South Alabama. And then I'm not, and then I'm talking to you, you certainly don't sound like a guy from Mobile, Alabama. So, <laughs> so, what's, so what's your story? Like, can you even say y'all? And, and I say, yes, sir, y'all come on back now, you hear? <laughs> he laughs and he says, listen, Ed, it's Christmas. Why don't you come to my hotel tomorrow? We'll go for a coffee. And I want to hear your Alabama story in person, okay? And says, sure, Mr. Smythe, I will be there. And I went, and that 20 minutes coffee turned out to be a three-hour discovery call where I actually learned so much about his hotel and his true business priorities that my original proposal made no sense whatsoever. He took me downstairs, we checked the reception, I learned about his crew, his maintenance, his tasks, and we actually deployed an app. Uh, we didn't have iPhone back then, but we had the first BlackBerry which had a productivity app and, and it fitted him perfectly. So he gave me the business and he signed that contract on the 23rd of December, which saved me and actually my entire beginning in a new country. Um, and then he made introductions to other hotels and I started doing exactly the same thing, trying to pitch them. And then I said like, wait a second, why do I pitch them with benefits? Why can't I just tell them my Alabama story again? And that's <laughs> I did. And so one by one, I started to closing Novotel, Sheraton, 
Brook Street, um, Crown Plaza, like I closed 14 hotels nationwide. Um, and it basically, you know, that's what took my career off. I even got in the President's Club. So ever since, I'm a true believer in storyteller, <laughs> storytelling more than anything. So that was my discovery. What an incredible story. Um, so, and to you, what, what was it that made these stories resonate so much with your prospects? What are the most important aspects of storytelling and sales? Well, as you know, you, you gotta be interesting and you gotta differentiate yourself from competition and break through the noise. Right? And what's even more interesting, I think I read it uh, last week, Gardner just did the report, then on average, you need about 11 people now to close a deal. So I got lucky with David because he was a general manager and he could tell me, okay, hey, let's just do this. But if you're selling to a large organization, especially like from outside, will be like sometimes up to 11 decision makers. So how do you go through all these barriers? Because you certainly cannot do it on your own. You need an internal champion to help you. Somebody who actually believes in you first and then they help you to move. Like sometimes it's even a gatekeeper who is you know, helping you. And for that reason, you do need an, an interesting, repeatable story. Something that could take up the value chain and say, hey, listen, this made sense to me on the first call. I think we sh you should talk to this guy. I will be there as well. Right? And I think from, from working within the organization, it's certainly the most important part. Um, and, and, second, and second thing I want to share is that I was, prior to COVID-19, I was in Florida, like we have this um, a workshop uh, in Orlando, it was about 70 business leaders in the room. Each of them has at least 30, 35 years in the business. And I said, okay, do you realize that in this room right now, we have about 1,000 years of experience, 1,000 years of stories which are already in this room. So you don't need me and you don't need Google for any kind of knowledge because it's already exists in the room. All you got to do is start exchanging those stories within your library. And I think this is probably the most important thing is try to look on what you already know and share the stories. Because sometimes even like in your company, if you have a new rep, you know, they come in and say, well, hey, Stephen, I don't have any stories. No problem. You can still go to the library and you can borrow somebody else's story as long as you can you have a permission and you can tell it in a meaningful way. Um, and I think there's so much power in this uh, because you don't need to create any work or you don't need to invent these stories. They already exist inside your organization. So like these are probably would be two of the most important aspects uh, before you start building your own library, I would share. And if, you, if you're a salesperson, what types of stories do you want to be telling? Mm -hmm. Like what, what, are the, what are the categories of stories? I think, I think it would depend on where in the sales cycle you want to tell a story. So if this is just a cold call and you're just breaking the ice with a person who never heard about you and never talked to you, a personal story would be very relatable, kind of like my Alabama story to David Smythe, right? So he was interested in this more than in my entire you know, sales speech about telecommunication equipment we've been selling. 
So like a good personal story, personal experiences, sometimes, you know, you're from the same area or from the same background or a recent event uh, which is happening, which is good, good to discuss. So, but once you get in, uh, my advice would be not to talk about yourself, but more talk about your customers and specifically about your customer success stories. Somebody you helped before and the results they had, kind of like that situation, trouble, action, and results, star with, with Hope, but specifically um, like what kind, of, what kind of success they had with your help. Um, and that opens a great opportunity to do referrals and actually says, okay, would you like a reference call? I would be happy to put you in touch with ABC. We just helped them two months ago. So to summarize, first is a personal story. Second, your customer success story would be the most relevant. That makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. Well, the next section of our podcast today is sales in 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. So quick questions, quick answers. Okay. Um, since, since you have over 25 years of experience, what's the biggest change you've seen in sales over that period of time? Uh, attention span. So people are fed up with sales, uh, with sales speeches. And as a result, the attention span is that short. So in fact, Microsoft did this study that attention span of an average person in North America is around eight seconds. As a comparison, attention span of the goldfish is around nine seconds. And what, <laughs> and what that means, if you go say to a Walmart, you know, they have that seasonal stuff in the back and you practice your sales pitch in front of the fish tank, a fish in the tank will pay more attention to you than shoppers. It's a very sad fact, but it's true, right? So to answer your questions, attention span gets so much shorter that you need to get to the point and you need to captivate your audience right away. You only have eight seconds. In your opinion, what is the most challenging part of story storytelling for salespeople? Well, you see, uh, telling a good story is not that difficult. However, salespeople, including myself, we always think that what my stories are not interesting, that, uh, you know, I'm boring. There's nothing exciting about what I do, right? So like I, like I have this client, GNK Services, they're in the uniform business. And then I, I came on a plant and I spent two days interviewing people and they said, Ed, there's nothing sexy about what we're doing. So this is just a dirty laundry. Right? And so like, come on, you're the largest in North America. You can move 5,000 garments within an hour. And it says, so, but before you get to that, so a lot of people have that imposer, imposter syndrome. They just think, well, I'm boring, I'm not interesting. I would think it's the opposite. It's uh, being, being able to tell authentic and interesting story in, for what you do. That's what gets you differentiated. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, that makes, it, that makes uh, a lot of sense to me for sure. Um, what, what do you think the, the most common mistakes are that you see salespeople making when they try to tell a story? Well, like we train a ton of people, uh, so more than a thousand reps. And, and usually when they start doing this exercise, okay, you got to tell a story. This is how they lead the call. They approach a customer who never heard of them and they say, hey, I want to tell you a story. And right away, customer goes like, what, why? Like, what, why are you talking to me? What, like, what's the reference? So a much better way would be saying, okay, listen, I don't know enough about your business, but three months ago, we've been working with a company which looked similar to yours. 
these are the circumstances, this is what we've done, this is how we helped, this is the end result. And right away, so people are smart, they're thinking, oh, if this has worked for these guys, maybe it will work for them. Maybe it will work for myself and for my business. So, so let people make that conclusion on their own, not just you know, try to jam your story. People are smart, they will figure it out if it's a good story. That's probably the most, the most critical mistake I've seen. Yeah, you know, that, that definitely resonates for me. At our software company, I mean, and these aren't exciting stories necessarily, but yeah. um, our, our, we have a whole page for um, customer stories. Um, we call them case studies. Mm -hmm. uh, and and we, we have it positioned pretty prominently on the company's website. And so, and, and really, you know, there's, I don't, I don't even know how many of the marketing teams made over the years, but, you know, what we, uh, We'll just like ask a, a company questions about how they use us. We'll interview them. How do you, you know, how do you use us? What, what are the values that you got out of us? You know, kind of try to get their story about their experience with us. Mm -hmm. And then we, we write it up in a page or two and, and uh, that's kind of, we PDF it and stick it on the, on the website that people like stories. That's, that's one of the most commonly viewed pages on the website. And I think, I think it it really helps people get comfortable with you and your product, and and uh, because they can, it helps them envision the real people that use it. So I, I, yeah. I love that strategy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and the other thing maybe is, is not try to focus uh, on what and how, right? Because like we love to talk about the product, the benefits, and what it will do. Like everybody talks about that. That this is what. Few people talk about how. How we actually gonna do this. Right, which is a second level, which is much, much better. And almost nobody talks about why, right? So like if Simon Sinek, right? So like he, he put this how, what, how, and why. So you got to reverse the order. So you talk about why, like, for example, we've been working with a, with a software company, they do investigation management, right? And instead of saying like, hey, we're just a case management company. So they go straight there and say, okay, we help you to catch the bad guys this is our why this is why we do all this work we help companies catch bad guys and then they go how they do it and then what what is actually what their software do so very powerful way to turn around the story so start with why so are there any books that you would recommend salespeople to better understand storytelling in sales? Yeah, I think I just mentioned one. So it would be <laughs> Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Okay. I would, I would highly recommend that book. Uh, it's, it's a pretty simple structure, what, how, and, uh, and why. Um, and um, like, as you probably, Simon Sinek, you know, he was a struggling consultant before he came up with this, uh, with this structure, but it resonated so well on a personal level and professional and corporate level. So I highly recommend that book because um, it, it resonates really well with the overall storytelling framework and, they, and then with the way how we should structure almost every communication approach. So start with why, then how and what. So same thing like hook story offer, they kind of go in parallel because it's, it's almost the same thing. So definitely that book would be my recommendation. Well, and I'll, I'll put a plug in for your book too, uh, mm -hmm. Storytelling for Sales Playbook, because <laughs> that is very, obviously highly relevant as well. Um, so uh, Thank you. 
what is your top advice that you would like to give our listeners, either about storytelling or, or whatever you'd like to leave them with? Yeah, like I, I think my top advice would be probably since we talked about martial arts would be my favorite quote from Bruce Lee. So, and, and this is what he said. So Mike Tyson, now Bruce Lee. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not afraid of the person who knows 10,000 kicks, but I am afraid of the person who knows one kick and practices it 10,000 times. So obviously you can apply this to many different situations, but specifically for storytelling, it, it, it feels a little bit hard and almost like artificial the very first time you start using storytelling. But the more you do it, the more fun and the more engaging it becomes. So I encourage you. It's very hard. I get it, especially for outside salespeople. It's very difficult to say, okay, I'm going to designate Sunday to storytelling. It almost would never happen. But I would just tell guys, maybe just pick one real life opportunity you're working on. And they say, okay, this is prospecting call. I never talk. What, what, what would be two stories I could tell that person? And then before going to that call, just practice them. They, doesn't, they don't have to be once upon a time stories. Just a quick five minutes here, four mi minutes here. And then practice that story in front of your spouse, your coworker, your child. I don't care what it is, but just make sure you say it out loud for two, three times before actually going to and deliver it to a customer. And then that would be your 10,000 kicks. Uh, so I think Bruce Lee was right. So. Yeah, you know, it, it reminds me of, uh, of the last time I was trying to get a job. This was, uh, it was also in a, in a, a pretty down economy. It was uh, when I, I was getting a job at Google. Um, what was that, maybe 2007, eight in there. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was 2008. And, uh, and, and I, I guess one of the things I did to prepare for that, for, for that interview um, and other, other interviews I was doing at the time was I had a list of stories because I figured there were a lot of questions people can ask you in an interview. Yeah, yeah. But if you have at your disposal 10 or so stories of you on the job or you in leadership roles or you in what, what it, depending on the type of job, you want different stories, obviously. But but I, I picked out, you know, 10 stories and, and actually wrote, did like little, little write-ups. So I would have like a two or three minute story that I could incorporate mm -hmm. into whatever question that, that I was, uh, that I was being asked. And I, and, uh, you know, that, I don't know, I don't know if that was why, but I, I did end up getting a, getting a job at Google. And that was, I guess that was the last time I've really been on that side of the interview table but yeah and um, then and then then you became a top salesperson if i if memory serves me correctly <laughs> that's right you know yeah. I, I was definitely uh right place right time on that one um yeah. you know just i had a you know some great products to sell you know there was when google was just getting into cloud computing and selling enterprise software and so it was a really cool product mm -hmm. and um and yeah i had a, a, a great team around me and so I, I had some great years there and that was yeah. uh that was that was my last real job before I started Badger, no, <laughs> before, I, before I became an entrepreneur. This is, this is a real job, just as real. <laughs> but story, stories do help you to be real and flexible at the same time, right? Because, like, because they're, they're kind of like a Lego blocks. You can still move them around depending on where conversation goes. But these are your blocks. It's not just some script you memorized 
and you're trying to jam it every time. Oh, if they did this, I do that. If they did that. So like, you know, karate versus being flexible. Like this is a flexibility, peace of mind, and also an assurance that you can actually speak at any given moment because all you do is just you're telling your story and you do remember your story. You can forget you know, the script, you know, 0.7 and 0.8, but you would never forget your own story because it's already here. Right? As a final takeaway for our listeners, what should the field salespeople here listen to you today do as a first step towards getting started on storytelling and sales? I would pretty much uh, start exactly with the source they're looking at right now, like your own podcast. Um, so you had some great, great storytellers. I reviewed it last night and I mean like, my God, so from Chris Voss to Victor Antonio. So this is like a sales royalty and negotiation royalty. Um, <laughs> these, these, these guys are great storytellers. Just, just as soon as you're done with this podcast, just go to the previous ones, guys and listen how they tell, tell the story. So, and you would hear that every five minutes, every four minutes, they tell a new story and again and again and again. Even if you're driving in the car and you know, you're trying to get oriented, you can listen to that almost like, like, a, like a cycle and you would start hearing, okay, situation, trouble, action, results. Situation, hook, story, offer. And they keep repeating this. Because now you know the secret and you will hear how they actually lead with this and communicate. So definitely I would go back to what, like 70, 80 episodes you have there right now, right? So yeah, something some, like that. Yeah, there's some, there's some great storytellers on that podcast. Yeah, we've I'm, been I'm really... Start right there. Yeah. <laughs> we've been really lucky uh, with who we've had on the show. You know, a lot of these guys, you know, they, they, they normally wouldn't do things like this because, um, you know, their consulting is what they sell. And they certain a lot of the other sales podcasts are run by consultants and other people that sell their time. Whereas um, this one's a little different because I'm not a consultant. You know, I, I, you can't you can't have mm -hmm. me come and do your do your sales kickoff or anything. But uh, and, and so they've been willing to to come on this show and and teach people their stuff. So it's okay. uh, we've been definitely lucky on that. Fantastic. Um, so, uh, so I'm going to try, Ed, to summarize the things that you've talked about here today for all the people that are driving. Um, so the STAR method, first of all, stands for situation, understand their current situation of the person you're talking to. And then T is for trouble, find mm -hmm. out their problems. A is for action. What did you help? What, what did you do to help them? Mm -hmm. um, the action uh, R is results, what the outcome will be. And, and this framework will, will help you create stories on the go. If you, if you practice it, you know, understand right. the situation, figure out what's the problem. Um, what do you, mm -hmm. what, what do you do to help? What's the benefit of, of what you do? And, 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 if, and, and, your, and your success story of somebody you helped before, mm -hmm. right? So then you talk about the previous experience. You also talk to them in a star format. Yeah. Which it's makes a, it's it easy, a great easy, 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 easy to remember, right? Yeah. A really story. easy framework. I, I, I love it. Um, situation, problem, uh, what you did and what the outcome was. You, that's, that's, uh, it's easy to remember. Um, so, create stories to make you more memorable to the people that you're selling to. 
understand your prospect so that you know what type of story you should tell. And that, that should be a part of your discovery. While you're discovering things about the prospect and asking questions, you should be thinking, oh, which story should I be pulling from my library? Mm -hmm. Storytelling allows you to address objections in a non-combative way. So instead of fighting an objection, move into storytelling and do it the Judo or the Aikido way um, yes. by using the energy of your opponent. Salespeople need to ask, am I making it easy for my prospect to say yes? It's very ninja of you, Ed, very ninja. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, for, ninja, for, ninja is the next level. So. <laughs> <laughs> for, for good things that happen when you tell a good story are one, neurocoupling, to mirroring and empathy, uh, you know, similar things, and um, three, happiness, four, a call to action. Uh, salespeople should use storytelling to set themselves apart from the competition. Make sure to personalize your story and add in a customer success story in your storytelling. That'll really resonate well with uh, with your customers and prospects. Ed, this has been so helpful. Where can our listeners read more about your work? How do they reach out to you? What are next steps if they want to go deeper with you, Ed? Yeah, uh, you can certainly reach me on LinkedIn. Uh, so Ed Bilat, I'm the only Ed Bilat in the world. <laughs> or, right? or my website, which is very easy to remember too, storytellingsales.com, storytellingsales.com. So this is where you can get information and get that book, by the way. So you can get it as well. Claire. Well, I am not the only Stephen Benson in the world. Uh, that's, that's, there's a mass murderer named Stephen Benson, and there's a, there's a cartoonist. And between the two of them, they're, oh, pretty, they, they, they're pretty famous. So you, you, yeah. you type in Steve Benson on, on, uh, on Google, you get the wrong guy. No worries. <laughs> I, was, I was able to find you, and you came to my podcast twice. So somehow it worked out. So, so, so it's all good. Yeah. There you go, right? Uh, well, this has been a fantastic episode of The Outside Sales Talk. And uh, if, if any, anybody out there can think of any of their sales reps that would benefit from learning about storytelling, then share this episode with, it, with them and uh, forward it on to them. Thanks for coming on the show today, Ed. I really appreciate it. Thank uh, you so much for having me. It's been a ton of fun. Well, take care until next time, everybody. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye.